it was, it was always on my heart when we started this church. Uh, I wanted to lead a church, one, that guys would feel like they were proud to bring their family to and proud to tell their friends about. And lots of times the church I grew up in, uh, sorry, you were the pastor, but lots of times the church I grew up in, that wasn't the case. It was like, you know, uh, church was kind of relegated to mom's thing often and, and dad's came begrudgingly. And so it just encourages me to see all the, all the men and father figures here. And um, we're going to have this, this is going to be fun today. I have a scripture that I want to use to set this up and we're going to hear from you. But before I read our scripture and before we get into what we're going to talk about, I want to just introduce you a little bit because probably a lot of people don't know you. Maybe some people have seen you around on which service they come to, uh, they're thinking, who is this sharply dressed man? And uh, they see where I get all my swag from. And uh, <laughs> if they were here the first service, my sense of humor, uh, sometimes inappropriate. But, uh, but not, not only, uh, you know, some people have gotten to know you, but I know that anybody who, who's often gotten to know you just sees what a value that you are. And uh, I want to brag on you a little bit because... I've got uh, a lot of leaders, a lot of friends, a lot of mentors, a lot of people that help me, encourage me, and, and help me with, you know, just leading the church, but uh, my dad is absolutely my hero, and I want to explain why. Uh, he's got a walk with God that is second to none, it really. He is, uh, I, this is not hyperbole, uh, he is the most spiritual man that I know, and uh, kind of the cool thing about having him up here. Uh, he is 86 years old. He started preaching when he was 16. He started preaching when he was 16. And he, he pastored his first church at 18. And uh, I say his first church, really it was three churches. Like we think multi-site is something new and innovative, but his first church appointment was three different churches. And uh, how many people do you know have been doing, some, I mean, from 16 to today, 86, how many people do you know that have been doing something consistently and faithfully for 70 years? That's just incredible. And, uh, you know, I get, to, I get to meet a lot of people and uh, a lot of incredible leaders and ministers and pastors. But um, somebody who has been faithful and somebody who has uh, led his family well, somebody who has served God with integrity, uh, without scandal, you know, whatever you want to say for 70 years, I think has a lot of wisdom that can share with us today. So, Dad, I'm glad to have you up here. Uh, three people I want to talk to today. Obviously, I want to talk to all the fathers in the room. We're glad you're here. I want to talk to uh, just the men in the room who may not be a father yet. Maybe I never have been. But if, if you're a man in the room, I want to talk to you. And I also want to talk to those, if we have some time at the end of our message, I want to talk to those uh, who have maybe been fatherless. And I understand in the room there's all sorts of different people, but maybe you think you don't fall into one of those categories, but I think you're still going to get something out of today. And so I want to use the scripture to set us up in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. It says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. I was thinking about this because, you know, they say once you become a dad, you're destined to get a dad bod. And if you don't know what that is, um, look around uh, or ask a dad. Um, but, uh, you know, that like, like as a dad, I've been, you know, I've been trying to do my part, like to, to 
uh, stay that off as long as I can. Um, this is actually a great verse, though, because uh, some translations say physical training profits little. So if you're like, hey, it's just not my thing. But the Bible says it doesn't profit very much. So, um, But it does say that there is something you can do that has a benefit not just now but even beyond right now, and that's godliness. And I want to take some time to talk about uh, how we can be uh, godly father figures. I don't want to uh, try to build up your dad bod, but I want to focus on your faith life. And to do that, I have my dad with me who's going to help me. And I was encouraged, you know, we don't just want to um, get up here and and talk. I always want to give you some practical handles, something that you can take with you. So uh, if you are taking notes and you want to write some stuff down today, um, call this conversation that we're going to have. Shape your figure, your father figure. Shape your figure. And it's cool to have you up here, Dad, because um, you've been my pastor for 90% of my life uh, thus far. And I was thinking how much you've impacted me, how much you've uh, definitely shaped so many of my values and my thinking. And the reality is, as I was thinking through all this, I don't know, and this is kind of embarrassing and almost um, uh, could be kind of sad when I think about it personally, but uh, I don't remember, I don't know if I remember one of your sermons uh, in, the, in the, you know, number of years that you've been my pastor, but I think about the impact you've had on my life, and so if it wasn't from your sermons, uh, the impact was really in the conversations like this and uh, was in your example and in your presence. And so that's what I wanted to invite you guys in today is not just to hear a sermon but to uh, be part of the conversation. And so with this thought in mind of training for godliness, one of the things I know we need if we're going to shape our figure is our spiritual life, our spiritual leadership. I think that's so valuable for the men in the room to hear. And some guys might say, well, I mean, you were a pastor, so you had to have a focus and an influence on the spiritual life and spiritual leadership. But uh, I, I want you to just speak into that, why it's important for every man in the room, and maybe give them some practical uh, tips of what that can look like for them. I didn't know who he was talking about there for a while. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Justin. I am humbled by those those remarks. Um, I believe if they all weren't true, they will be true. Praise God. If I had uh, more, if I'd have had more insight as a father, minister father, I would have spent more time just being with the, the children in a very informal way. I was with them, but a lot of times we were going to the hospital. I had to make a call. Or we were going someplace. I had a meeting. And uh, I don't dis disavow that, but uh, I would have spent more time with my children, with my family. I did, I was there, but I had my tie and everything on, you know, because we had to be ready for anybody who called or, or uh, needed help, and there were all kinds of things. And you realize I, uh, we started with four churches, actually, pastor to four churches, and they had 100, 150, 200 
but you were busy. That is the thing. You had lots to do. So, uh, but uh, as far as uh, what Justin said, there's two sides of that. And, and you know, I, I would, could have been a better dad, I believe. But this guy sitting here was a model kid. I'll say that honestly. I can't remember of ever, ever really getting on his case for uh, anything important. I remember. <laughs> I'm talking though. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, well, tell us about like just what what what's something that guys can do to to lead spiritually in the home. Well, I, I come back to this, some of the fundamentals, you know, if you are doing anything spiritually much, then it's, it's kind of clumsy, it's kind of awkward. But you can start by having prayer at meals. And uh, you can have, the, the children love to do this. Well, I don't want to pray all the time, but the children, they'll pray. These grandkids, his kids, if we were with them, I've never asked them to pray at a meal if they were they rejected it. They love God. They love to do these things. So you can start by just a simple thing, prayer at meals. You can start with uh, prayer at the end of the day. You don't have to read a Bible chapter, but you can read a couple verses and have a little prayer. I, I don't want to be braggadocio, but uh, I was raised in a home where we had prayer at meals and, and every day in a normal day. And my father and my stepmother encouraged that very much. Sometimes we led the prayer. Some, a lot of times they led the prayer. But uh, they're very practical things. Of course, putting value on uh, church attendance and that kind of thing is, is very important. Because if these children, if the family sits under the word of God, they are eventually going to be changed, I tell you. Right. So... Uh, they need to hear the word of God and let that be very uh, practical in your life. When I w entered ministry, it was, there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of facade about stuff. You were, at times you had to look like you were really professional whether you were or not. And some stuff that was just, I wish it had been different, but praise God, you, you have a, we have an opportunity in the family. The, God's idea is the family. God created the family. So you and I as parents, you, you might say, and I've been with parents, Pastor, I don't know what, what do I do with this situation? Well, when you don't have an answer, see, God does. And uh, I just want to tell this little story, and then I'll turn it back to you, Pastor. I was six, all of 16, he's telling you about when I began to preach, and that's true. Well, I was just, I was a junior in high school. I hadn't had any, I hadn't had any training. How do you construct a sermon? How do you do this? How do, hadn't been, hadn't done that. But uh, I was going one day with my dad to, he was had a job, he had to leave in the afternoon, so sometimes he would take me downtown, I'd meet one of my friends or somebody I had to meet. And this day, we had gotten in the car and we were talking about the com upcoming Sunday because I was to preach. And uh, he asked me where I wanted to go and all that. 
And I said, I want to ask Mr. And I gave the name of the man whom he knew. And I want to ask him uh, about this message. And we were, we were having a good conversation, but then it got quiet for a little bit. And he looked over at me and said, why don't you ask him? He didn't mean the man I was going to see. He meant the Father God. He was a man that could not read the Bible. He never had formal education, but he had a great deal of gifting. And that comment marked my life. Because you see, I knew that he had a relationship with God. And maybe he didn't always talk a lot about it, but it marked my life. And so I, but I'd encourage you, they're very practical things. Don't be afraid to get down on the floor with your kitties. I was so stuffy that, like I say, I had the tie on, had to be ready for whatever, but I should have just taken my coat off and all that and been with the kiddies. And I was sometime, but not nearly enough. Anyway, praise God. I think well, this, this is kind of funny. It goes to the next thing I want to talk about because you mentioned, like, when you were a pastor back in the day, it, there, there was a, you used the word facade, but there was the expectation, yeah, the, or your, your sports coat, your tie, all of that kind of stuff. Yet, um, so, so you carried yourself in an honorable way, but that's not how I thought of you or not, not of the, that's not what impressed me about our relationship. In thinking about this message, I was just counting in scripture, there's over 20 different scriptures that talk about honoring your father, children honor your father, um, honor your father and mother, um, when you honor your father, go well, with, like all these different scriptures, obey your parents and the Lord, honor them, and uh What's interesting though, what I would tell you, more important than honor in the relationship is humility. Proverbs, eight, or Proverbs 15, 33 says, humility comes before honor. And for someone who always had this expectation that you had to look a certain way and appear a certain way, what impressed me about our relationship is the humility with which you carried yourself because as is normal in any relationship, whether it's arguments or strife or things that are hurt feelings, things that are done wrong, um, you're always quick to make it right, which is w when there was something that you did wrong, to say, hey, here's an area where I missed it. I'm sorry, please forgive me. And that takes a lot of humility. I think sometimes in family relationships, we can think uh, as dads, like, man, it's your job to honor me. And even if I mess up, um, like, I, I'm the dad at the end of the day. But you carried yourself with a lot of humility. So could you just talk about why that's important or maybe what was it um, that enabled you to do that? Well, some of the things uh, you're saying, you know, I had some relationship, again, with my father that, uh, that, it, that it marked my life. He was a very humble man, and he, he, was, he didn't talk much in the way of speaking. But when he did say something, it was worth uh, hearing. But but the thing the thing that uh, one of the things the Lord taught me about this this in in the family relationship, we had a we, we had a system that we developed, and the family was uh, they understood that, particularly with the children, 
if one had done wrong or done made a mistake or spoken out of turn, then we said we were we had agreed that we would say to that person, look them in the eye and take them in the, by the hand, will you forgive me? And we didn't just let it go. Oh, I'm sorry. You you stood there with that other family member or whomever, sometimes was outside the family, and you said I did such and such, and you you stated that I did I said a bad word to you, blah blah blah. Will you forgive me? You asked that, and you're looking at the person in the eye, and uh, they would hopefully say, "I forgive you." And but sometimes if they didn't, then you didn't you really needed to go back and in a repentant, uh, talk, repentant mode, talking to God and, and dealing with that before him. But very, very often in our family, when we had this practice of forgiving quickly, you didn't let it go a day or so. My dad had this too with us. You, you made things right before you, you lay down on your pillow at night and, and uh, you slept. But uh, I don't want to uh, overdo this thing with uh, how much I appreciate my dad and appreciate the kind things that uh, Pastor Justin has said. But uh, I, I would just summarize by saying that the very sensible and, and simple things, a lot of times we can transform them into points of great faith to our children. They don't need a sermon. They just need, sometimes they need a word. And sometimes they're way ahead of you. Anyway, I think that's. Well, I, I want to touch on the other thing you said, because you, you brought up, and even in our conversations, uh, you've told me how, I don't think you use the word regret, but you've said, man, if I could have gone back and changed some stuff, I, I would have um, played more, I would have done, you know, these kind of things. But me being on the other side of it, the way, the way I recall things growing up in our childhood, some of those things are accurate. Like, I remember you working a lot, uh, and I remember uh, church being a big priority. I remember you taking care of people. I rem all through elementary school, high school, I played sports, um, and you guys were encouraging about being involved in sports and getting into the games. I don't remember you guys being at a lot of games. And sometimes I think with the pressure on dad, it's like, man, I gotta, I've got to make all these things happen. I've got demands at work. I've got family demands. Uh, I'm involved in church, but I've got to be at these activities. And, you know, as a kid, I wasn't comparing you to every other dad. You were the only dad I had. So um, I, I didn't know, for me, I didn't know any different. Sometimes you look at that and wish it might have been different. But to me, what I appreciate about that, I, would use the, I don't know if they put it on the screen, was the word authenticity. Because you were being true to who you are, which is maybe you didn't make all the games, maybe you didn't wrestle on the floor, but and you did work a lot, but you taught me the value of a work ethic. Uh, you, maybe there were many evenings where you weren't at home because you were counseling somebody, there was some emergency in the church, you were taking care of somebody, but that, that demonstrated for me a value of serving people and caring for people. You know, maybe there there were things that, um, you know, you, you couldn't be at the game because you were doing something with church. But honestly, it taught me that church is more important than sports. 
And it is not to diminish, to diminish or disparage anybody, but it is. Your relationship with God is more important. So there, there are lots of things that you might have looked at, which could have been different. I look at those things as actually really building some value systems in me. And just as a testament, like our relationship isn't scarred because of it. Uh, I don't have emotional wounds. So I just want to say that as it relates to you as dads, be authentic to who you are. Um, if, if you're really good, in, if you own your own business, you're really good in the marketplace, like don't disparage that or d- diminish that. If you're in a position where you have more time and more flexibility and like sports was a big part of your life and you're able to do that for your kids, like lean into that. That's, that's awesome. Whatever it is, the way God has made you, be authentic to that. I'm going to, do you want to say anything about that? I want to move on to our next one just for time, but okay. So the flip side of that though, and this is what you were talking about is as much as I would say, be authentic to who you are. I don't want to diminish the value of your presence, your presence. Try and be real quick with this. I remember, um, I remember this article I read came from the BBC earth and it was talking about the, the short of it is this guy, Gus Van Dyke, it's in South Africa. Uh, I forget the name of the national park. He's an ecologist. Uh, between 1994 and 1996, they had this incredible problem of all these dead white rhinos. He discovered what the problem was, looking at the, the carcasses that they had been killed by elephants on this nature preserve, on this national park. And looking into the details of why it was, was because during this time trying to care for these elephants, they had brought in uh, a lot of females and they had brought in young baby elephants. They were not able to bring in the larger male elephants because they were too heavy, harnessed, they couldn't have big enough harnesses to get them in. So they were raising all these elephants um, with no larger male father figures. The reason all these elephants were um, killing rhinos because as they were maturing, as they were going through adolescence, um, just in their biology, they didn't know how to manage all these things. And so they became enraged and this is how they would act. What they discovered is they could solve this one or two ways. They could solve this artificially or just by simply putting a larger male elephant in the herd, it solved the problem. And they've gone on to do other studies, not just through being with this in the, with the elephants, but with other animals in the, in the animal kingdom, the presence of a larger male figure brings a stabilizing force with the rest of the younger male adolescents. And if that's true in the animal kingdom, how much more true in the kingdom of God? This is why, like, you know, we were talking a while back about, man, I would love to have more of you men serve in our kids' ministry. We're going into our new building. There's going to be so many new families that are coming. And we need some great father figures to care and serve. And you think, man, I'm not good at kids. Like, kids aren't even my thing. <laughs> Maybe we don't want you. But, um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is just by your presence, it can have a stabilizing force that you're not even aware of. So I want to talk about, turn it to you, uh, why is presence important? And can you just speak to that a little bit? Maybe with your dad or maybe 
um, the way you've seen it play out in ministry or even in our family? Uh, I reference my dad again. In the early part of my life, he was away a lot working, and these were, you know, times of uh, difficulty, economic difficulty, we know. And so the men had to work wherever they could find a job. But uh, <clears throat> then that changed. But I, one thing I want to just zero in on what he was talking about. We noticed, we, we never verbalized a lot about it, but we knew it as a family. When Dad was home, we called him Papa. He wanted to be called Papa. When Papa was home, things were right. <laughs> he was in his place that God had put him. And there was a rightness and a realness to that that, that affected our family greatly. So uh, it, this is so important. Uh, a lot of things could be said about it, but uh, it, it kind of relates to this. I'm going to go ahead and say this, but Sadeline. I know that I'm, even though I don't know you personally, I know there are people in this congregation, surely, that are single. And so they're looking forward to, some of them, I hope you're looking forward to a married life. You, you want to meet a, a person that God has for you. And uh, this relates to what you're saying, in a, if not in a direct way, in an indirect way. I encourage each of you, I, I, the Lord showed me this years ago and I encourage people when I when I would counsel with them and uh, there was marriage involvement of difficulty or whatever but I, I encourage those people to pray for their spouses and I encourage the young men and women if you're looking forward to a marriage I hope you are and you're thinking a lot about that you know, uh, let me give you something that's very practical, and I think it's a very godly thing. You start meditating and thinking about the kind of person you want to be your life partner. And whether you are a father or a mother or a single person, you talk to God about that. And you make yourself a list of, of characteristics about this person that you... It's, it's a person you're thinking about. You don't really maybe know the person at this point. But I submit to you, if you will make that list, if you will go through this, it's not just uh, hearsay. It'll, it'll direct your life. And I finished this little segment by telling you this. That's something the Lord had showed me before I was married. And so I prayed as a minister, future husband, I prayed, God, I want to meet someone, my partner for life, and I want them to love you more than they love me. Now, that sounds funny, but it's very important. And I just, I could tell you volumes, but wow, did he ever answer my prayer. Well, the, the last thing I want to touch on, it just it comes so naturally from you, and that's encouragement. If you want to shape your figure, 
You need to have spiritual leadership. You need to have humility. You need to have authenticity. Your presence matters. But I want to talk about encouragement. Let me read a verse of scripture to you uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. Paul's writing, and he says, For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. I thought it was interesting that when Paul wants to talk about encouragement, he says, just think of a father, like a father with his child. And maybe sometimes we think, oh, well, you know, encouragement comes from the mom, but dad, you're, you're such a natural encourager. I think that's always been, if I'm ever feeling discouraged, I just want to give you a call. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about why that's a natural or easy thing for you? Or maybe it isn't an easy thing, but you do it anyway. And, uh, and why it matters. Well, I, I think, again, going back, uh, not to overdo it, but uh, early in my life, I learned some things that, that stu have stood well for me throughout my life. And one of them was we didn't have, I didn't have anybody around much in a parental place. My older sisters were home sometimes. My father was away much of the time. So I didn't have uh, have it in that that sense. But uh, your relationship with the, the father, your personal relationship will will go well in uh, whatever lifestyle you, you have. And uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's good to develop your relationship with the Father. That's, we know that. But I'll tell you, one of the benefits of that is just what Pastor Justin was saying. If indeed I have a compassionate, uh, encouraging nature, which I, I receive, praise God, that's to the glory of God. He did that. And there were times that we just... We had to look to him, and and you know you learn that as then as you're early you're young, it it's easier to do as you go along, but uh, the compassion I had I feel to put it in a sentence, God had showed me great compassion and great love. And one of the times He said to me in in sending someone by He said. God loves you so very much. God loves you so very much. Well, you think about that, and well, okay, what else is new? But if, if you understand and receive God's love, you see, you can be compassionate. And I had, I, I learned a lot of this early in my life, and uh, it just seemed like a natural thing. God always helped me understand. I say always, but most of the time, there, you, there's a, it's not just a way you see things. There's a better way, and regardless of where you may think you have an answer to a problem, God has a better way. It's not that he's not going to use yours, but he will show you encouraging and, and, and uh, just things that are, that'll, as we say in vernacular, blow you away, but they will help you greatly. I, I just, to put it in a sentence, God showed me and helped me and 
imparted to me his love and I was able to reach out to other people and uh, you know it isn't easy to always to be a pastor people think it is but you you open your heart and your life to the world really but to the community you're you're serving so I would just go back and say that it's it's God it's an impartation of God's word and his spirit and his love for us